Well, good morning, folks. It's uh, good to be with you again. We wish you were here at church with us, but uh, for whatever reasons, you've chose to stay home. We understand that completely. Know that we do have two services, however. We have a 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And uh, anytime you're ready to come back and be with us, make sure you give us a call. Let us know, making reservations there so we can keep our social distancing and all the safety factors in there. Um, but we understand for some that's not, it, it's just not time. That's perfectly all right. But know that we love you and we're praying for you. If you're needing to have communion supplies, you can come by the church anytime during the week or we'll even drop them off if you want us to do that. You can send in your contributions, and many of you have been doing that, and we just thank you so much. You've just done a wonderful job. God has truly worked through Western Hills and uh, all the people here at Western Hills. I just can't thank you enough for your giving heart during this time. But also, if you, uh, you can actually go online and make your giving. A lot of people find that's real easy. It's an easy way to do. It's safe. And uh, so if you choose to do that, that would be wonderful as well. So I want to do communion with you in just a moment. We're going to have a song, and then I'll come back, and then we'll do that in, together. And then um, a little bit after that, I'll come back, and we'll give you another message for this beautiful, beautiful day, Lord's Day. May God bless you and your family always in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Jesus knows all about
You know, when I was a kid growing up, back in the day, the church that we went to, and maybe some of you might remember this, um, families would take charge of certain things. For instance, uh, one family might clean the church building for a whole month. And then other families would uh, take the communion trays home. That's when we had the glass, uh, the, the glass cups. And we would take the communion trays home, and that would clean them up and prepare them for next, the next following Sunday. And we always, when it was our turn at the Davidson's house, us kids, my brother and my two sisters, we would ask mom if we could play church when it was our time to clean all that. Of course, she said that would be fine and we would do that and we would have, we would have some preaching and me or my brother would get up and say something and, um, and then we would uh, try to take up a collection but my sisters would never give us any money so that never worked very good. But then we would take communion together. We would get that little Welch's grape juice and pour in there real easy and take that and we'd break the cracker. Now we really didn't know what we were doing during that time. Uh, we were just kind of following what everybody else did at church. And we just thought that was kind of cool and maybe something to pass a little time. But I'm happy to report that uh, both my sisters and my brother that's gone now to be with the Lord, but my sisters as well, they, they, we would, they've all come to know the Lord. We all came to know the Lord in a very special way. And during that time, we discovered what communion was really all about. You know, it wasn't about just a cracker, and it wasn't just about a Welch's grape juice. It was actually, there was a connection there. There was a meaning behind all of it. And sometimes people don't capture the fullest meaning behind the bread and the wine. And Jesus, when he took the bread and the wine, he said, do this in remembrance of me, as he told his disciples and broke bread with them. The scripture tells us that, I think it's in Mark chapter uh, 22. But even in the middle of that, Jesus is saying, I want you to remember what this is all about. And so when we take the bread this morning, we take the cup and we take this bread, we need to remember what Jesus did for us. Of course, he went to the cross and he died for us. But it's deeper than that. Of course, that he, he bled out for us and he's washed us white as snow. But it's deeper than all of that as well. Did you ever consider what Jesus did for you on the cross? Not only did he die, and not only did he go to a grave, and not only did he arise on the third day, hallelujah, but he saved you and me from a place called hell. Did you ever remember that when you take the bread? With, without the broken body of Jesus, without the blood of Jesus, you and I would be still lost in our sins, and we would be destined to a place called hell. But because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, and, and you and I accepting that, we get the joy of heaven someday. So when we take this bread this morning, I would ask that you remember, yes, Jesus on the cross, but also salvation through him, the escape of a place called hell. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for loving us enough to send your son to die on the cross. And Jesus, we thank you for being obedient to the Father. And we are thankful that your giving yourself for us will cleanse us of all of our sins, but that you redeem us from a place called hell. And you promise that you're going to give us heaven. We believe that, Father, and we remember all those things as we take this bread this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
And let's pray for the wine. Father, we do know that your son Jesus died on that cross, and we do know that he bled out for us. And because of that, we are cleansed. We're so thankful for that. Jesus, thank you so much for loving us that much and caring that much. But thank you again for saving us, saving our souls. And we remember all that you did on that cross so that we could be with you someday in heaven. Thank you again. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, folks, we're going to have a song, and then we'll be back to have a message in just a few minutes. God bless you.
Well, here we are on June the 14th, and um, it's probably not where you really wanted to be today. You'd like to be in church with all of us, but, you know, again, you're at the place you need to be right now, and we respect that completely, and trust me, I, I really do. But again, know that we are praying for, for you, for our nation, for our country, and for all the things around the world, actually. I want to talk to you today about a firm foundation how important that is in your life and my life, especially now, and maybe even the things that we're headed for in this world, because none of us know. Again, six months ago, none of us would have thought that we would be going through, had gone through a pandemic, but nonetheless, here we are. So I want to talk to you about a firm foundation today. You know, the Leaning Tower of Pisa in Italy, they tell us that it's going to fall someday. Now, they've done some structural work there and tried to do their best to keep it at a certain level and so on and so forth, but scientists travel there yearly to measure its movement. And actually, it moves. It's 180, I think, 181 feet tall, the structure itself. And it moves about 1 20th of an inch each year. It doesn't sound like much, but actually, it's 17 feet out of plumb. Now, that's a lot. In all of that, it's quite significant, but the word Pisa actually means marshy land, and that could be one of the problems that it had from the very beginning, because actually this, this tower was built in marshy land, which doesn't make any sense, kind of like Disneyland or Disney World, but nonetheless, they built it. Now, it's also the foundation, and no architect would ever do that today. Its foundation is only 10 foot deep, and so therefore it doesn't really have much of a chance but to lean, and someday, most likely, will fall. Now, we would look at that place, and we would simply say, that doesn't make any sense, and actually it's silly that someone would have done that, built on a marshy land, but yet that's what they did. But what about your foundation? What about our foundation in all of this? Now the scripture I'm going to give you today is out of Matthew chapter 7. It's a little lengthy reading, but it's very important because it comes from, if you will, the red letter aspect. It comes from Jesus himself. This is what he says about a foundation. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his home on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation built on a rock. Now we've all heard that, and the kiddos out there, you all sang that song. He goes on to say, but everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose up, the wind blew against it, it beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now after that statement that Jesus gives, it goes on to say that the crowds were amazed. They were amazed at his teachings because he taught us as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Now I love that little information that actually Matthew gives us there. That he says that like not like teachers of the law. So they always taught, see the teachers of the law always taught with a demand and of Jesus. They always taught that way, a, a demand from people. But Jesus didn't do that when he came. He changed the whole system. 
And Jesus comes here in this one. He's basically saying, in my opinion, he says, you want to hear something stupid that makes sense? Because when you think about what he just said, it makes complete sense, doesn't it? But yet that's what we deal with in our lives. I thought it might be interesting today for us to actually take a look at some of the things that these two men had in common, these two builders, and then some contrasting things that they had, and then draw a conclusion. Because you see, what's in God's Word is not for the people at that time. It's in God's Word so that it can get to you and to me. And so if you just read the story and just say, well, that's a neat story or that's a silly story, then you've missed the point. Somehow that has to come to you and me. And in this particular story about the firm foundation, you are on one side or the other. So I want you to pay attention as we work through this. First of all, they share the same vision. Now this is true of any of us. People can share the same vision and not get the same results. It happens all the time. You see, they both wanted to build a house. They both wanted something. They had a dream, and it was the same dream, if you will, because both of them wanted to build a house. They looked into the future, and they both wanted to build something. That's the same for you and me, isn't it? We look into the future, and we want something, don't we? Well, sure we do. We want something of significance in our life. We want uh, to make a difference in life. We want to have something in life. We want to live for something in life. So we look into the future, not only for ourselves, but our children and our grandchildren as well. We all do this. Now another comparison here is these two guys lived somewhat, if you will, and someone said maybe in the same neighborhood. Now I'm not sure about that, and I know the story and how it unfolds here, but you, we draw that conclusion not because it says they lived next door to each other, no. We draw that conclusion because the, they faced the same storm, or it appears is the case. Meaning that we all get hit by things in life. The rains come from the heavens. Scripture teaches that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So rain comes from the heavens. And if you're, oh, if you're alive, you're going to get wet. You cannot dodge raindrops. I've tried, it doesn't work. You're going to get wet. Life is not always a vacation. You wish that it was. Life is not always retirement and everything comes up roses. You wish it was, but it's not the case. Sometimes you get wet in life. In other words, we all face something, don't we? I know you do. Every one of us is facing something right now. Therefore, we are connected to this story. Because they went through something, the storms, the wind, the rain, all those that came down, and you and I go through something in our lives as well. We all face it. We all have a list. Yours might be this long. But in the last three months, something was added to your list and my list. But if you remember way back when all this started, about 13, 14 weeks ago, I think uh, that now that we have not had services, the first service... And the second service that I gave online, I talked to you about something that was important. Not only prayer, not only hope, not only faith, but one thing that you and I need to keep always out in front through this and through our lives, no matter what comes, 
is praise to God. We have to learn to praise God at all times. Listen, if you cannot give God praise in the bad, in the storms of life, you will, I don't believe, will ever know how to praise Him correctly in the good. Praising God in the middle of the storm shows God that you trust Him. That's why we praise Him. Because we know no matter what comes, He's still our God. Give me an amen. Amen. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament, Daniel's time frame? You remember they stood before the king. The king said, hey, I built this big old statue. you got to bow down and we're going to turn up this fiery furnace. And if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you in there. What did they say to the king? They simply said, oh, king, they didn't disrespect him. Oh, king, even if our God does not save us from this, we will not serve your gods because Jehovah is our king. They were praising God to the very second that they thrown into that fiery furnace. And God showed up and delivered them as we know and we say amen. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 15, the scripture says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Continually a sacrifice of praise. And sometimes our praise is, that's our sacrifice. But sometimes it's a deeper sacrifice because of what we're in the middle of. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure this out, God, but I'm going to praise you no matter what. That was one uh, something that they had in common, those two men that built something. And here's a few things that were different. And this is important as well. Well, first of all, their character was different. Totally different. Jesus calls the first man a wise man. He calls the second one a moron. That's right. If you look up the Greek word for fool, in our language, it's just a complete moron. He's saying, this guy's wise, this guy's an idiot. Why? Because of where, where they've put their foundation, where they placed it. Now catch this, wisdom. Wisdom is important because it comes from God. Wisdom in Scripture, wisdom of Scripture, is of the ability to take the truth and apply it to my life. It's the instruction booklet that you and I cannot afford to not read. But many do that. And we do that with all kinds of things in our lives. Men are notorious for that. We build it and then we have things left over and then we read the directions. God says you need my word because it will give you wisdom in your life. Stability in your life. When, I, when Don and I go to St. Louis and you know our youngest grandkids are up there and they every morning when they get up, uh, Pancaw, uh, Papa, make us pancakes, make us pancakes. And so I'm the pancake maker. Really, Aunt Jemima is. I just put a little stuff or whatever. And um, so in all of that, um, I take the pancake mix, stir it up, pour it in the, the skillet, and a pancake is flat. But I can take that same batter and pour it into a waffle iron, and it makes these indentions. Yeah. So when you pull it up, there it is, all these intentions. The Word of God is to do that for you and for me. It's not to be flat. We've got a lot of pancake Christians. When we need some waffle Christians, there needs to be an impact in our life through the Word of God. Give me an amen. All right, here we go. So first, their character was like this. It was different. It was that they took the truth and applied it. Uh, the... The, the wise man took the truth and he applied it and what happened? It worked out for him. 
And it will for us as well. In uh, John chapter 14, got a little off track there, but John chapter 14, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Truth matters. It always has and it was always will. But truth is not always accepted. It's not. It would be great if it was because people would turn to this because all that's in this is truth. Truth will not always be accepted. Do you know there's something going around in our world today, and it's this. You know why some in our world want to rewrite history, the history of our world? I believe I have the answer to that. I believe the heart of the matter is, for, for the number one reason, is to get to the cross and rewrite what actually happened there on the cross. For if they can do that, they think that they can do away with God Himself. And then they can live guilt-free. If we can just get back to the cross, undo that, then I can just live my life any way I want to because there is no God. Think how silly that is. But if they would just watch this, instead of trying to go back and rewrite history and take away God, if they would just accept His free offer through Jesus Christ, they could have a guilt-free life now. How do I know that? Because in Romans chapter 8, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That, my friend, is the truth. Hang on to that one. No condemnation for those that are found in Christ Jesus. And if you're found in Him today... There's no condemnation found in you. You're not guilty. You can live free. Hallelujah. All right. In Proverbs chapter 12, it teaches us that a person that doesn't apply the truth of God's word to their life, they are foolish. Why? Because this is what will sustain you when the storms come. Someday you will leave this world. All of us will. There is, that is the truth. And in that, one day you'll stand before the Lord. And if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior and you built upon the rock, you will see how wise you were. If you do not build upon that rock, you will see that that was the foolish thing that you ever did was to reject the rock. Now, I have done a lot of foolish things in my life and perhaps you have as well. But the most important decision that I made, the greatest decision I ever made, was accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And then marrying the wife, Donna, the wife that God had planned for me. The two greatest blessings in my life. See, on the outside, you could, these men, they looked, these two guys looked the same. But on the inside is what made all the difference in the world. Now, the biggest difference in these two guys was the foundation upon which they built, sand and rock, the world and Jesus. In Proverbs chapter 14, the scripture says this, There is a way that appears right to man, but in the end leads to death or a great fall. You get it? There's a way the world wants you to go. The world wants you and I to believe. And so don't, don't fall for all the stuff you see on social media. He's saying go to the word of truth and then you can stand 
and you'll stand strong. Because what the world is telling you will come to an end someday and there will be a great fall. One chose a rock and one chose the sand. The main thing here is that if you want to build it quickly and cheaply, build on the sand. That's right. When you're finished, it looks the same. But it's not the same. Building on the rock takes time. It takes time and it takes energy and it takes money. And Acts chapter 4 teaches us that. That's what most people want to avoid, however. They don't want to spend time with God. It just takes too much time. That's why our bellies get fat. We just don't want to spend the time doing the setups or maybe a little walk around the neighborhood a couple times a week. We don't want to take the time. We want somebody else to do it for us. You have to take time if you want to grow in Christ. A weak foundation cannot be sustained in the storms. You, in the middle of a hurricane, you can't be putting up plywood. It's not going to work in your life. My friend, too many people take it the easy way out and they spend little or no time with God and then they wonder what goes wrong during the middle of the storm. Why God? Why God? Why God? No, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You're in control of all things. I know your protection's on me. I am found in you and you alone. Greater are you than, than, than anything in the world that's around me. And so I'm pulling from what I've built my foundation upon, which is Jesus Christ. If you don't build your life on the right principles, you can hope for the right results, but it's going to be a long, long wait, my friend. Salvation is found in no one else. Acts chapter 4. One stood and one fell. And as long as the sun was shining, you would drive by and you would look at both of those homes and you'd say, wow, those are two beautiful homes. This one costs this much, this one costs this much, and they look exactly alike. I wonder why. As long as the sun was shining, they look the same. When everything is fine in your life, it all looks the same. For the Christian and non-Christian, everything seems the same. The difference comes when the storms come. That's the importance of this storm that we've been through and are going through, I think. That's when we should be distinctly different as Christians. That's when we get our, you hear me say this every week almost, but it's the truth. It is our time to shine. Why? Because we have been built or we've been, uh, we're building on the right foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Storms clearly define who you are. It builds your character. They sift you. And what falls through is for everyone to see. And Christians, in the midst of storms that fall apart, the world looks at and says, See, I'm just as good as they are. What they should see is, How? How is that possible? How do you just keep on keeping on in the middle of a storm? Storms test your foundation. Now, please know this. Foundations cannot be poured during the rain. Meaning that something has to take place beforehand. So in the middle of this storm, if you're saying, man, you know, I, I just haven't done all that. Well, maybe now's the time for you to you, you get your word out. You ha still have time because this thing's not over yet. We don't know what's to come. We don't know what the end of this year holds. We don't know what next year holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So anchor deep in God, my friend. Anchor deep. There's an old story about a, 
um, a cruise ship coming from a, uh, from England or wherever. And in this story, uh, they were in the middle of a, a, a bad storm coming across. And it was getting late and people were scared and the captain knew that. And people were up on the deck, you know, and it was swaying back and forth and water lapping over the side and they were a little terrified, of course. So the captain came on the loudspeaker and simply said this, Folks, this is your captain speaking. I have two things to tell you. Go to sleep. Go to bed. Because I'm your captain and I'm going to stay up. And there's no need for both of us to lose sleep tonight. Go to bed. Secondly, he said, this ship that you're on was built with this storm in mind. I don't know what storms you will face or are facing in your life right now, but I know this. The Savior was built. The Savior was built, given with this storm in mind as well that we're going through. He is our, He is your foundation that will not collapse when all hell rips loose at you and me. He's God. He's not going to forsake you, my friend. You see, the story about these two guys, when it's all boiled down, is really about you and me. Both heard and both knew the truth. And they both knew what would work and what wouldn't work. Both heard, but only one did what would work. Just because you have the idea, an idea doesn't mean it will work. But if you and your faith is in God, He will bring His faithfulness through every time. Because He, He alone is your salvation. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And the church says, Amen. Where are you building your life, my friend? Is it in the world around you? Well, it's falling fast. It falls apart even in the best of days, doesn't it? Have you noticed that the only thing that hasn't moved during this whole storm that we've been in, the only thing that hasn't moved is Jesus Christ. He's right there. Why? Because He is our rock. Psalms 18 says it this way, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And give your life to Christ. Rededicate your life to Christ today and build upon the foundation that will carry you through this storm and any storm in the future that might come your way. God bless you, my friend. Let's pray together. Father, it's been good to be with your people this morning. Father, it's good to be able to read from your word. And Jesus, thank you for saying the words there in Matthew and telling us about the great storms that come because they do come in our lives. It wasn't about these two houses. It's about our lives and what we build upon. Father, help all of us to, to rededicate ourselves. And those that don't know you, Father, may they just build their life upon you now by accepting what you offer, which is a free gift from Jesus the Christ. 
But for those of us that are Christians, may we, even at this moment, may we rededicate ourselves and saying, thank you, Father, for allowing us to be built on you, the rock. And help us to not forget that. And maybe we need to, you know, pull back the dirt a little bit and see, yep, the foundation is still there. And we're thankful, Father. We give you glory and praise. And all of these things protect our people. Father, you said you would. You'd be with us. You haven't forsaken us. So we glorify your name this morning. Father, we love you, Lord. I love the people that you've allowed me to be a part of their lives. Almost 27 years next week. What a joy it's been for me and Donna. And we praise you for that, Father. Bless your people here at Western Hills. Bless those that are coming and bless those that are still in their homes, Father, and not able to come out yet. Give them the strength that they need to work through this storm because we know that we've been built on a right foundation, and his name is Jesus. And the church said, Amen and Amen. God bless you, my friend. We'll talk to you real soon.